Hi everyone. I'm thinking about you so much. This is our fifth week at home um, and people keep referring to it as a new normal, but um, it doesn't feel normal, right? It's just a new world and I'm just thinking of you and giving you a big virtual hug and also big virtual high five because you're doing it. You're moving forward. You're living your life um, in a different way. And I'm just coming to you with this episode with some ideas and thoughts and feelings and insights as I always do, but just, you know, in particular about um, ways to think about this a little bit differently right now. And so I'm thankful to you for listening and um, just sending you so many well wishes. And I ask you humbly to please share this with anyone you think might benefit from it, because that is why I'm doing it, to help people feel better, including myself. So thanks for being here with me and enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi everyone, how are you? Oh, two weeks have passed since we were focused on Tiger King and that's what was going on in the world was Tiger King, Tiger King, Tiger King. It's all I could think about or focus on and I did that for a good few days there. It was so nice to have a distraction and you know, then I kind of crawled into my hole. I didn't feel depressed really, but I think... um, just have been in a phase where I have felt like I can't communicate or that I don't have anything to give or offer. I really felt that for at least a week. And so I didn't come here to be with you and create a podcast to share with you or have a conversation or tell you how I'm thinking or feeling. Um, you know, I kind of pulled back from what I usually do with social media, with my coaching, um, and really just focused on what I could see right in front of me, which was my six and eight year old boys and their schoolwork and getting through that with them and getting them outside, getting myself outside, um, and, you know, doing whatever coaching. I was doing one-on-one, making dinner, cleaning up, cleaning the house, having conversations with my husband here and there. But yeah, I just kind of felt like I went into our bubble here and felt this sense of, I don't have words of wisdom to give to myself right now. So how can I give anything to anyone else? And what I realized is that, you know, it took about a week or more um, before I really realized that that was the case and that I needed to spend some time and wanted to spend some time thinking about how to move forward. And, you know, really, it's funny how it all sort of came to a head was that I was walking down the street and saw my neighbor, who's a dear friend, and we stood 20 feet apart to have a conversation and she said, how are you? And I said, I have no idea. Like I haven't put any thought into how I am, how I feel, what I need in 
days or even weeks because I've just been so focused on my kids Um, and definitely focused on my kids to a point of it being, I don't know, harmful or detrimental. I mean, you know, Maddie keeps calling me a helicopter parent and, you know, telling me that I only am like focused on what they're doing 24 seven and not caring about anyone else's feelings, you know, that kind of stuff. I think I mentioned that, but you know, what it made me realize is that it's important to think about myself, of course, and my husband, of course, and not just my kids and what they're doing, but it felt so instinctual. Is that the word? Instinctual, instinctive, instinctive. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm doing the best I can here with the English language. It felt instinctive to um, almost be like a mama bear, like protecting her cubs. Like I needed to make sure they were okay and know what they were doing and where they were. Not just with getting through the schoolwork, but almost this like primal um, protection felt instinctive instinctual. I don't know what that word is. Um, it just felt really primal. Like I need to know where my cubs are. I need to know they're okay. Um, I need to know they're safe. And I really was like that for the first, at least two weeks of this. Um, now we're into the fifth week of the safe at home and homeschool. Um, although we're on spring break this week, which is amazing, but, um, what that looks like is no schoolwork in the morning and my kids could not be more thrilled. But yeah, I just wonder if you all have been experiencing that too, this sort of primal instinct to protect. And it's funny cause I do think it has turned into like complete, like hilarious codependence. And Maddie laughs about this a lot that like the boys and I walk into rooms looking for each other all the time. Like, where's mom? Where's court? Where's Stan? Where's Stan? Where's court? Where's mom? Where's dad? You know, like we always have our tabs on each other. And I'm sure so many of you are experiencing that too, where you're constantly in each other's sight. So when you're not, you're like, I'm missing a limb. Like, where is he? But also, is he okay? What's he doing? Because we do, even if we're we're, um, sort of okay day to day, we do all have this fear. We do, whether it's subconscious or conscious, whether we're leading with it or whether we are um, working on not leading with it um, and leading with love uh, instead of fear, um, there is sort of a pall of fear that's in the air. And certainly that I think is probably brought up within us or triggered within us when we speak to certain people or when we talk or, you know, listen to the news or, um, you know, so, So, yeah, I think that's sort of just a thing right now is that, you know, you keep hearing now everywhere this quote unquote time of uncertainty. Um, And that's how everyone is referring to the life we live and the world we live in right now. So what else are we to think but that this is a time of uncertainty? And that's certainly what we're feeling, too, even if we are um, functional or better um, on a day-to-day basis or moment to moment basis within our four walls. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just sort of 
touching down on the fact that we're all going to have, sorry, I'm itching my eyes. It's still, oh, spring and pollen season in North Carolina, which is brutal. It's like a film of green uh, powder everywhere, which is better now, but it's just so rough. It's constantly so itchy and uncomfortable and so much to clean up. Um, but anyway, it also means there's spring, which is beautiful and the trees are blossoming and flowers are blooming. And, um, and I think that's really helped me too. And that's sort of this gift that we're all being given is that spring is here. And if we live in places where there are four seasons, you know, seeing, seeing the world come back to life is very healing right now. And of course we just had Easter and, um, you know, I wrote this email to my family and friends about my boys asking about what Easter really meant. And while I did try and get into the story of Jesus and everything, you know, so that they would understand, not because I, you know, particularly lead with that in my own life, I don't, but um, I want them to understand the context court in particular, my eight and a half year old is more interested in that. What I focused on with them about Easter though, was about rebirth, that it's really about the rebirth of spring and that there are so many miracles that surround us. And, um, and, and that really, I continue to see that every day as this gift we're being given that it's spring and that we're seeing things come to life and that it's a reminder every day that no matter what darkness, no matter how much, um, illness and, and just horror and death that is around us and that we're hearing about, um, there is always rebirth. And that is something that we've got to remember. It's incumbent upon us to remind ourselves and remind the ones we love that there is always rebirth. Spring will always come. And we know now that there's a great deal of pain for so many to experience um, in in whatever way and that we will too in our own ways. And, you know, whether we are working on the front lines as healthcare workers or, um, you know, working in ways that help people by delivering food or coaching or being a supportive friend or teaching our children or supporting our aging parents, you know, whatever we're doing to, um, help and contribute to this crisis. Um, it is hard on all of us in our own ways. And, um, and we need to remember that spring will come again. This will pass. It will pass. Um, I've been thinking so much lately about how I'm constantly surrounded by people. Um, and while I'm so thankful for that, it can also be exhausting. I was laughing just to myself last night. Um, and I sent my sister a text saying, I miss personal space. <laughs> like I really miss personal space. I have no personal space. It was like, go for a walk. You know, we were watching a movie last night and Than was like poking me 
getting me to wake up during the movie, which made me so irritated. And then I went into my bathroom and, and court had taken a shower in my bathroom and like thrown my brand new towel on the floor. And I was just like, I have no personal space. Like nothing is mine. Um, but you know, it really makes me think about people who are alone and that there really is this epidemic of loneliness. And, you know, those of us who have children at home who we're contending with all the time, don't think about the fact that there are so many people alone and that one really important thing for us to do is to reach out to the people who are alone and make sure that they're okay because loneliness really is an epidemic and was even before this. And it's so important that we make sure that those people are okay. You know, I have an 80 year old mother who's alone. Um, and I've created a schedule for these two different women to be in there. Um, six days a week, these women who are only around, uh, older people and who can safely be around her or as safely as we think. Um, and you know, it's just important that she's not by herself, not only because she needs help with things, but because it's just terrible being alone all of the time. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot going on and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but these are my reflections. You know, I realize that today is the sixth podcast that I've created that has to do with the coronavirus, um, which now of course is a global pandemic of COVID-19, um, which means, you know, the sixth podcast since March 9th. So this has been going on for a while, even longer than we um, wanted to acknowledge as a country, as a nation, of course. Um, but, and it, and it will continue, you know, as we're staring down the summer and not making plans and camps being canceled and, um, just really hoping that school will go back to normal in the fall. You know, we realize that this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And, Oh my God. I just keep thinking about the fact that I would like huff and puff over being alone with my kids for five nights in a row. If my husband would be working or traveling and I would be like, okay, like I'll do five nights on my own, you know, or at the beginning of all of this, we were all like, okay, we'll homeschool our kids for two weeks. What a drag, you know? And it's so funny. Like now we've been doing it for five weeks. Um, there is no end in sight and it's crazy, but here's the, here's the good side of this. Cause I want to talk about like the positives of this, um, is that we are discovering this power within ourselves that, that many of us didn't know that we had. Um, you know, I feel personally that the year that I went through last year of so much change and personal growth and personal development and spiritual discovery and, you know, removing alcohol and changing my career and all of that, all the books I read and whatever. I feel in some way that that was like my spiritual boot camp for what's happening now. And I'm just amazed that I went through that uh, leading up to this because it almost feels that I was, that I went through that process in such a focused and intense way um, in preparation for this time. And I almost feel that I was protected in that way, 
because if I was moving through this time or was to move through this time without the tools that I uh, gained and strengthened last year, that I wouldn't be, I know that I wouldn't be uh, not just surviving, but thriving in the way that I am. Um, if I didn't have my spiritual tools, um, if I was medicating with alcohol, um, if I hadn't, you know, moved through so many feelings of shame and fear, um, and I'm able to use this time um, in a way that feels like productive in the sense that I can help other people because I've because I did the work on myself. Does that make sense? I did so much deep work on myself last year that now I'm in a place where I can use my tools to help other people during this time. And I think I'm realizing this in this way right now, as I'm speaking to you. Um, and I had only been sort of viewing it as I did that deep work on myself so that I could kind of be okay in my life and with my children and dealing with the stress and the fear of what's happening. And that is true. But I realize now that I did that deep work so that this year I can support other people. And I feel thankful for that. What I can do is this podcast and my coaching and all of that. Um, and, and really be able to um, give some kind of light in the darkness to people who are experiencing tremendous fear and uncertainty. So, oh, so how can I do that today for you? Um, you know, as I said, I went through the last week or two where I thought, what do I have to give? You know, and I had to sort of move through my own process of, um, remembering, what it is I can share and how I can be helpful to people. Um, and what I remembered after that conversation with my friend about how I am and that I hadn't checked in with myself about how I am, I remembered that what I have to share and what I have to give is myself. And what that means sometimes is saying, Hey, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And you're not okay, but I want you to know I'm here with you. Like, I'm not okay, but I'm here with you. We are all struggling in our own ways at different times, in different ways. Um, but you're not alone. And when I do feel that I have humor to share, I'll share it. I'll make a ridiculous video or I'll hop on here and tell a funny story. Um, or when I feel that I have um, some kind of help to share with you to get through the day or the week, I will give it to you. Um, because what I can give to you is me. So I listen to a lot of things. I read a lot of things. I watch a lot of things that are funny because Bravo has been giving me life during this time. And I think we all have those things that make us laugh. Um, you know, so I just have a few things I think to share with you today. Um, one is that um, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Miss Madam Queen Oprah, has teamed up with her best buddy Deepak Chopra, and they are offering a free 21-day 
meditation experience right now. Um, it, it has hope in the name. It's something about hope. Um, but you can go to the Chopra Center app, download that, and sign up for the 21-day hope meditation for free. So a lot of their 21-day meditations um, you have to pay for, and they're over $50. You can find a bunch of them on YouTube, but they're not always in sequential order or complete. But this is a complete 21-day meditation for free. So I highly recommend that. I started that today. And, you know, as Deepak or maybe it was Oprah, both of them said at the beginning of the first meditation today that um, hope is really our strength right now. Hope is something that we can empower ourselves with. And I really hadn't heard it said in that way. And I found that super helpful and just so true. You know, it makes, of course, us think back to Barack Obama and in 2008 campaigning on hope and, um, and, and hope is really something we've got to have right now. Um, or guess what? We'll feel hopeless, right? We've got to feel that there's an end in sight or that there will be an end. We've got to feel that this will get better. Um, and hope is what, you know, what that is. It's hope. Um, the other one I listened to who I've mentioned here several times before is Tara Brock, T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. She's a psychologist and a meditation teacher. Her voice is so soothing. She gives talks and does meditations. She has a podcast called Tara Brock. Um, she has a series right now that um, is called Sheltering in Love, Um so right now, of course, we are all um, sheltering at home, safe at home, or shelter in place, right, is what it's called um, globally. So her um, series is called Sheltering in Love, and so far there are three, and there are talks, and they're really, really good. And then she also does 20-minute meditations that you can use. Um, but the talks are incredibly soothing, and... Um, just connecting and enlightening. And um, I really, really, really recommend those. Oh, and she just talks about the idea of giving our aching world a hug. Um, and I thought that was such a powerful, I don't know, is that a metaphor? Um, that if you sort of imagine our world and the throbbing ache that it is experiencing right now, um, and giving it a hug. Um, and that is what we're all doing right now to the world and to each other and for each other. And that brings me to the next thing I wanted to share, which is that I, um, on Sunday on Easter, while I'm not a regular church goer, it has been sort of a constant in my life, um, in various ways. And my sister and I, when we lived in Manhattan, used to go to a church called All Souls, and it was a Unitarian church in Manhattan that was just beautiful. And um, it's far more academic and spiritual than religious. There's no mention of Jesus really at all. Um, and I always liked going there on Easter with her. And um, then we would go to a bakery called Pan Quotidian, which is in New York. And 
Um, anyway, just really nice memories, but we tuned into the sermon, um, this Sunday. And of course it's in the heart of Manhattan where so much is taking place and it was sort of dark and heavy, but at the same time, hopeful. Um, I think of course the minister had to speak to what's really happening, but what he referenced was this quote that is going around that, um, people are saying, uh, came from Bill Gates, but, um, we're not sure. And this minister said he wasn't able to find the provenance of this quote. But anyway, the quote is about, um, instead of looking at the empty playgrounds and empty schools and empty parking lots, empty train platforms, instead of looking at them in a way that feels sad and heavy and depressing and apocalyptic, instead look at them in a way that reminds you that they're empty because we are loving one another. We are loving one another enough to stay home and stay apart and stay safe. We are staying home so that others can be healthy and safe. And that's what we can do for one another. And another thing this minister said was, you know, we as a country have hoped for years that we were a certain way, but we weren't sure. We weren't sure who we really were. And now in this moment, we're really proving to ourselves that we are, in fact, all of these wonderful things that we hoped we were. We are compassionate. We are altruistic. And that is incredibly... Um, soothing and encouraging, um, I think relieving on some sense, in some sense, and, um, just a beautiful thing to see that we actually are the things that we hoped we were. Um, so then the next thing I want to share with you is a quote I saw on Instagram by someone named Dr. Caroline Leaf. And I just think it's a great reminder for all of us, whether we're parents or not. And the quote says, just a reminder, this is a pandemic, not a productivity contest. This is a pandemic, not a productivity contest. I think that is so brilliant. Did you need to hear that as much as I did? Oh my gosh, there's so much going around about like, pick up the guitar, learn a new language, you know, um, master the art of French cooking, whatever it is. Not every one of us has the time to hone a new skill or, you know, start a new hobby. Even if we do um, have all the time, even if we are alone in our apartments every day, we may not have the wherewithal or the strength to do that, the spiritual, emotional strength, the mental capacity. So listen, do yourself a favor. Take it down a notch in terms of the pressure you're putting on yourself to create, to learn, to perfect, to hone anything. Um, you know, if you're making it through the day without feeling panic, anxiety, and fear, then you're doing great. 
You're doing great. Sometimes if you shower and blow dry your hair, you're doing great. Um, you know, anything you're doing that is making you feel good or better, um, that's elevating you in some way, um, that is, you know, serving you, um, then you can feel great about that. And I think that's another good point. Look at the things that are serving you and, uh, remove the things that are not serving you, whether that's difficult conversations with your parents who only watch Fox news and thinks, think this is a conspiracy against us from China, remove those conversations right now. Um, or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that's what comes to mind, but, um, remove what is not serving you. You know, you've got to do what feels good right now, whatever that means, what is elevating your station in life right now. So for me, sometimes it's a bike ride. I'm biking now the way I used to when I was a teenager and there was no social media and I was in boarding school and stressed out academically and socially. And I would ride my bike to set myself free. And that's what I'm doing right now. Um, but I'm also listening to Jeff Lewis live all the time on Sirius radio or Andy Cohen live, or I'm watching real housewives or, you know, we all have our things where we need to check out. And how is that serving? How, how is it serving you? Is it a bath? You know, is it, um, I don't know. There's so many options. You know what that is for you, but I would, I would really, really, I want to like, highlight the idea of taking the pressure off of yourself to become more and better during this time and just do what you can to feel good. There's also a brilliant um, article that actually my mother-in-law sent me, which thrilled my husband that my mother-in-law sent this to me from the Washington Post written by a father, um, basically about the idea of helicopter parenting and how um, it is not our job to make sure that our children are okay all of the time, not even during this pandemic, um, that they thrive when they are given autonomy and that they may even thrive by watching too many video games right now. So about taking your foot off the gas, this is totally advice that I need. And I'm going to read the article again, but about you know, the joy that we felt as children during summer while it felt really long and super boring sometimes, especially in the 80s, um, that we delighted in it because there were endless possibilities, you know, and it went on and on and we can give that to our children right now, you know, allow them to be bored or allow them to roam outside if that feels safe wherever you are or to watch too many video games or to build forts, but to not be on them all the time and to turn that advice on me, um, to not be checking on them all the time, walking into rooms, looking for them, like give them space, give them freedom. And in turn, that will give you more space and freedom. Um, it really will. So we need to pace ourselves. You know, that's the last thing I want to say. There are so many times where I keep thinking best laid plans, you know, like doing this podcast twice a week, uh, best laid plans or best laid plans for cutting out sugar and, you know, 
using this time to not eat all the cookies. Um, because instead I do eat all the cookies. So best laid plans, um, to organize all the closets when really what you want to do is lie on the couch and that's okay. We have got to give ourselves grace. We've got to pace ourselves, understand this is a marathon and that our feelings and our approach, uh, towards this is going to change every day, truly every day. Um, And that best laid plans, you know, things are going to need to be adjusted. So I'm going to leave it at this right now. Um, I know this was, oh gosh, just kind of a lot, but I hope there's some, something in here that you can take with you and just know that, um, if I ever was here with you, I, I really am now, I am so deeply connected to you and your experience, whatever, It is wherever you are, because as people keep saying, we are all in this together. And that's truly something that resonates with me. And, um, you know, as I feel this um, spiritual strengthening happening in my own house, even despite the pain, the uncertainty, the fear, the discomfort, I hope and pray every day that our world is also going to experience uh, a spiritual strengthening and a spiritual healing. And I do believe that that's going to happen. I really, really do. It's happening right now. So um, I want to leave you, any of you who are um, working from home with just a little financial advice because I've been doing a lot of reading and learning about um, finances during this time. You know, there's this great quote that billionaires are made during recessions. And this isn't a time when we all just need to be losing money. This is a time when we can figure out how to earn in different ways. So I just urge you to pay attention to um, the fact that Interest rates are incredibly low right now. You can look into if you need to deferred payments on things without penalties. Um, It's a really good time to invest in ways that you haven't been before or maybe never have because, um, you know, prices are low and interest rates are low. Um, And then for any of you with businesses, you probably already know about this loan, but, um, there's a loan that's called the E I D L loan E I D L for, um, small businesses and even for at home businesses that you can look into. I didn't realize it was something that I could look into for, um, uh, an at home business like I have. So that was really enlightening. And, um, I want to share the name of Dr. Lynn Richardson. She's not even 50 years old. She's brilliant. Um, she's a financial advisor and also works in the enter entertainment industry. I think with, um, a lot of hip hop artists, um, but, um, Dr. Lynn Richardson, she's really brilliant and has a lot of really great advice for this time, because there are ways that you can cut down on your monthly expenses, but also, um, sort of refinance and, um, save money right now, not even just refinance, but save money on the payments you're making right now and look into investing in different ways or buying annuities. Um, as you watch your 401k, 
uh, decrease. So I want to share that with you because I'm always interested in financial advice as I move forward and strengthen my own financial life. And it's something I want to talk about more in the future. But today I'm going to leave you with that and just send you so much love, big hugs, and um, I'll be back with you again soon. Um, be well, stay healthy, stay safe at home, and Find some time for yourself however you can, even if that means hiding in a closet for 35 minutes to listen to this. Okay, bye. Much love. Bye. 